0: From the 5th Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin,
1: you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. I'm so happy you decided to join us. Um, Before we jump in, you know, I don't do this every week, but I would love if you went over, left a review, left a comment, I listened to all of those. Um, You know, give me some topics. Send send over uh, to steve at teachums.com. What kind of topics do you want to hear? Um, but before we jump into today's topic, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Doctor Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. Um, I have tried them all, and this is uh, not only not only how innovative we are, but you know the workouts and and what 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 I love about Doctor Dish is they give back to the community. If you if you follow them on the face on Facebook, if you follow them on Twitter, they're always giving back to the basketball community. And you mentioned Coach Unplugged. they'll give you four hundred and fifty dollars off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It is a one-stop shop for basketball coaches. It's resources. It's handouts. It's videos. It's one-on-one calls. It's office hours. It's a coach. It's a, it's a it's a resource run by a coach for a coach. It's not not an ex-coach, not someone that's been let go, not someone that's um, coaching part-time. This is what I do. Um, and teach Hoops helps me keep the bills on. It helps me put up these podcasts, 13 podcasts a week. YouTube helps me uh, be able to do that. And and it's a roadmap for you to be successful. And let me help you in this great journey that we call coaching. But let's head off to the podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. I'm so excited to join you today. Coach Bill has kind of hacked the uh, the uh, Coach Unplugged feed, but not really. Um, him and I, about a year ago, started Uh, Coaching Youth Hoops podcast. It has morphed into a website, into us hopefully helping over a million athletes at some point over the next 10 years. Um, but some of the, he, him, he has done some great podcasts that I wanted to share with the coach uh, unplugged community. And so I'm going to put some of these up on our coach Un- unplugged community. So all of you can hear um, they're great. They're awesome. And uh, he's a wonderful interviewer, probably better than me, um, but also some great resources and some great ideas. So thought I'd share that with all of you. And uh, make sure you go over and check out our website, coachingyouthhoops.com. All right, let's head off to the podcast.
2: Hello, coaches. Welcome to Coaching Youth Hoops. Hope you guys are having a great offseason. For those are, who are in the offseason and our friends overseas, uh, hopefully you are uh, just getting started and having a successful season. Uh Before we get started with our guest today, I want to remind you guys to go over to Coaching Youth youth Hoops.com. Check out our new uh, playbook and system. It's uh, all uh, basically everything you need in a box, ready to go to have a successful basketball season. So go check that out. CoachingYouthHoops.com includes practice plans, all the drills you need, strategies, anything and everything you need for a successful season. All right guys, uh you guys are in for a treat today. I have coach John Cristiano from actually in uh, right around the corner for me uh in San Ramon. Um, John is a high school coach at one of the most successful programs in the state of California and he's modest. He probably won't say that, but I'm going to build this guy up cuz he's he's what he's accomplished is absolutely amazing. Um, he he inherited a program that was had three consecutive losing seasons, turned it around in the six years that he's been there to be one of the best in Division one basketball in the state of California. He's over a hundred wins so far, uh, finished 11th in the state of California this year. Um, California's a big state, has lots of schools, lots of competition. He was in the top uh, top 11. Um, numerous undefeated uh, seasons in league Um, and this guy knows how to win and he's going to share with us today what he believes is one of the most uh, uh, beneficial things a team can do to have the success that he has had and that is culture so with that intro John thank you so much for sharing your thoughts today on the show we look forward to having a lively conversation. Thank you, Bill. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's an honor to be here. Thank you. And what did I miss in all of those accomplishments? How many wins are you up to now? So, you know,
0: I don't, I don't know. My son would be able to tell you, but I don't know. But I, I think we're, I think we're in the hundred and sixties now. I think oh, wow. we're somewhere up in that range. But I really don't know. Um, but it, it's fun. It's fun. But I, I, I somewhere over a hundred. Yeah, so
2: congrats uh, on doing what you did, you're doing down there in San Ramon uh, in the six years that you've been there. Uh, So we're going to talk about culture today, and you and I had a you know conversation last week, and I thought, man, we got to get we got to get you on the show uh, and share your thoughts on culture. Uh, So maybe in a nutshell, just what what to you is. Culture. What does that mean? It, that's a word that is often said, but what is the meaning of culture for you?
0: Yeah. For, for me, what it's always meant is providing, providing an opportunity for a young woman. I, I, I am a girls' coach. Uh, it could be for a young man, but providing uh, an opportunity for a young woman to participate in something and have the best possible experience, whether they win or lose because of the people that surround they're they're surrounded by by the teaching and role modeling that they receive from from coaches and from fellow players uh, and from support that they get from the community. So that's always been kind of the foundational piece of what I wanted our culture to represent.
2: And maybe just describe that. Um, What do you think? And, you know, what is the culture? What is your culture at, at San Ramon
0: High School? We have a saying that we we say almost every practice when we're done. uh, And that is there are two kinds of people in this world, givers and takers. And what are we? And in unison, everybody says givers. Hmm. And, And once we once we proclaim that we continue to be on that path of giving and giving back, then we break our practice. But it's something we close our practice with almost every time. And it really comes down to that. We give of ourselves. We give of our time, of our experience, of our knowledge, uh, of our hearts, our care, our resources to the other kids uh, in the program and in the community.
2: Yeah, can you dive into that a little bit more when you say give your givers? Uh, and what is that? What? Do you, what? Maybe some specifics of what you do.
0: Sure. So giving to me uh, and being a giver and giving back is about um, supporting other people, about putting other people first, mm. about making sure that others' needs are met before your own or our own are met, uh, reaching out to people that, that may be in help, whether they be on the team or not on the team. Maybe they're a classmate. Maybe there's somebody in the community. Maybe they're a younger girl that we interact with in some of our camps and clinics, Giving and putting others first is really what we mean when we talk about be a giver, not a taker, yeah,
2: and you know culture doesn't happen overnight. Can you walk us through what you did to establish that culture and and was this idea of giving did you just did you start with that and like this is who I am, this is what I wanted to be, and then just yeah. fostered that along the way?
0: Yeah, Great question. So you're right. Culture just doesn't happen because you show up, you open up the door and say, come on in and welcome to this great culture. Here's my smile and here's my pat on the back. (laughs) Let's get it. You're you're absolutely right. It's a it's a real slow burn process. Um, In my in my background, I'd never coached high school basketball, boys or girls. I, I just was kind of thrust into this position really by accident. Um, long story behind that, but really by accident. And one of the things that I saw coming in was it, the connectivity between the girls, the connectivity between the girls in the school, the connectivity between the girls in the community was broken. It wasn't there. Hmm. So I fell back on, on my experience in life, my experience, um, in, in, in business, um, You know, I've run companies that are two million dollars and I've run companies that are eight billion dollars in some different in in, in a variety of capacities. But a lot of the things that you do in business or in your family or in your friendships or your relationships are scalable and transferable to how you run a basketball team. You know, I run that basketball team the same way I run my business, my company, the same way that I manage my relationships, my friendships, my my family uh, okay. relationships. And so I wanted to emulate the things that I know worked in life, like treat people with respect, like care about others, like be thoughtful of others, like give rather than take, like encourage people to do more. Bill, I always said the reason I coach is girls basketball was because I was tired of hearing people say to me, well, you have to cut them a little bit of slack, John. Remember, they are girls. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. We're not cut them a little bit of slack because they are girls. I'm insulted by that. They sure. they should be insulted by that. I always wanted them to. I I coached because I always said I don't want you to settle. Don't settle for what others think you should be or shouldn't be doing, or acting or giving. Go out and make go out and do it yourself so in a long-winded fashion bill um the culture was broken here there wasn't that connectivity i brought in those things that i knew were were proven in all of my life and and tried to emulate those within our within our girls and um and it's 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 worked
2: how long do you think it took and it you know it's it is a process and it never stops but at the same time when did you see that shift? You know, was In, it year two,
0: year one? Bill, and here's why. Oh, say it, that again. You broke up a little bit. Okay, I saw it instantly. Okay, and here's why. Uh-huh. It wasn't because of any magic dust that I sprinkled <laughs> into the gym, yeah. or a secret, a secret um, uh, chant that we did. Right. It was because I was blessed with. Three girls that showed up at the same time the first year that I came into the program full time. And their names were Anne Marie Santich, Paige Gerhart, and Audrey Baston. They came in as eighth graders, uh, as ninth graders, excuse me. And the timing of my arrival and my desire to change the culture and the kind of people that those three girls were, it was just, I guess you could call it the perfect storm. To changing things uh for for many, many years to come, because they were such high integrity, high character high work ethic people that I shared with them they were obvious leaders obviously right. they were and captains uh of of the team and whatnot. I shared with them my vision, I shared with them my values, I shared with them how I want to go about this. And I asked them to be on board with me. I asked them to join me in, in pursuing this because I think we could do some special things. And that really was the impetus. That really was the the change agent that was needed, uh, and the timing was perfect. Those three girls, and kind of a new approach, it all worked so well. And those girls passed it on to the next group of girls, which we had Kim in behind them, and then those girls passed it on to the next girls and now We've got a group that's um, that's there now that have been I say trained by their by, by the few by the previous players. That's awesome. To be givers, not takers,
2: and and that's what you have to do. I totally, absolutely, you have to get the the uh, buy-in from the the kids, and then they have to be the ones, the keepers of the culture, if you will, right? And you're just the overseer to make sure that, um, or maybe even just establishing it. And going back to, I think the, the one of the points that you said that I think is really important is the culture is who you who you are as the leader, right? And it has to represent you. So if you're not a man of integrity, right? Well, you're probably not going it, to. It's not going to come off if you said, oh, you know, you know, let's give back, let's give back when you don't do any of that yourself, and I. So, when coaches are trying to establish that culture. I think it's important for them to say, "Well, who am I?" Right? Because it's got it has to be authentic. So, um, yeah, yeah. And I think that's an important point in establishing this culture. Let's dive in, though. So, you know, we're high school coaches. We get, you know, we get six days a week with our students. Matter of fact, it was so funny. Uh, I, uh, one of the, one of my players is working at camp for me now. And we had spring break and she was gone for, she was, she's a junior this year and she was gone for three weeks. And I didn't see her for three weeks. And we both, we both were like, did you realize that that's the longest time apart we've had since you were a sophomore? And, and we just were both kind of chuckling about that. I said, that's absolutely incredible. We get to spend so much time with them. Yeah, it's a blessing. Uh, but bring that down to the youth level. You got one or two practices a week. Uh, you know, you're you don't necessarily have the same kids every year. You, you know, you might have your son or your daughter if you're coaching them. But, um, you know, your core group changes from year to year. So we got to do, you know, kind of instant culture, if you will. Uh, yeah. What tools or what how, how should a youth coach? think about establishing culture, just add water, boom, there it is, because they have to.
0: Yeah. Well, the fact that you're you're expanding this culture movement, if you will, in your program with young women that you see 20 to 26 hours every week is a lot easier than, like you said, like into the youth group where you're second, third, fourth and fifth grade, sixth grade, where you okay. see them, you know, times a week, like you mentioned, it, sure. it's, it's a different animal. And, and here's where I think coaches that are, that are in high school that want to build a winning culture um, for coaches that are in youth basketball or coaches in youth basketball that want to build a winning culture for their girls that are coming up is kind of like the old statement, is, you know, who do you want to be like? And, and if, if I'm a youth coach today, if I'm doing second yeah. to grade, let's yeah. say, I want to get my second and eighth graders around the kind of players that I want them to be someday. So let me give you a great example. Let me give you a great example. Um, We do, we do a reach out to um, CYO groups and the many of the trainers in the area, uh, personal development trainers, and some of the, the programs in the area, we do a reach out just before the season and we invite them to bring their teams to our games. So let's say we go to Sally Jones, who coaches a third grade CYO team for St. Isidore. Yeah. Uh, we've been connected with her through the, uh, the director of the program there. And we say, Hey, Sally uh, or, or Jim or, or Suzanne or whomever it may right. be. Coach, um, we would love to have your team come and attend, watch one of our practices during the season. Here's where we start. or, we would like your team to come and attend one of our games. You know, we no charge. We, they bring the whole team, and they bring, you know, 10 of their third-grade team there. And um, we actually have them come into the locker room before the game, and they sit and they listen to the whole pregame locker room. Then they sit on the bench while we're doing our warm-ups for the game. Then we bring them out onto the court and, and hand-to-hand have them spend the time with us in the National Anthem and spending time with the girls. And then they sit back on the bench or whatever that has gone so far for us where I, I can't begin to tell you the the emails and phone calls I received, not just, not just from the coach, from the parents of those kids that say you made a difference. Susie, uh, uh, G, G, uh Gianna really wants to, to be, play, you know, go to basketball on Tuesday and she's so excited to be like her favorite player, you know, page or whatever. Um, if I'm a youth coach today, and, and I shout out to those that are youth coaches today, because I, I know the challenges, but I know the rewards as well. But thank you for doing what you do for our kids. But if I'm a youth coach today, I'm going to go find a program that that I want my kids to be like. I, I want them to be like those those girls, and I'm going to go call that coach. If he's not calling, if she's not calling me, or he's not calling me, say how can we come and participate and we want to see you guys do what you do and enjoy that experience with our kids that that's what i think i would that's what i would recommend to if i was a um if i was to talk to a youth youth coach today
2: yeah no that, that that's great advice and you know I, I i've seen that firsthand how that pays off i did it when i first started coaching uh uh about 15 years ago i would bring my it was my son. It was my son's team. his son's CYO team. Third grade, uh, we would go to De La Salle, and we would sit with uh, Coach Alaco, and he invited. He would invite us in. Um, the kids, his players, would stop as we you know came in, shake our hands, right, and this busy get back to their work, which I thought was amazing that he did that, and the kids loved it, right. Yes. And uh, I did that year after year. Until I started coaching, and I wanted to bring that to uh, my high school because I just thought kids really love that. And you're absolutely right. You know the the parents get excited about that, and they think you know they they send follow ups um, just because it 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 does have a huge impact on young impressionable lives. You know, yes. for a third and fourth grade boy or girl seeing a high school player, to them that's the NBA. Size yeah. difference, age difference—you know, th- you know—they—they—they—they um, uh, can—they kind of look up to them, and they should, right? And I think that's right on. So, big takeaway there, uh, John. Then is if you're a youth coach, reach out to your local high school coach, get involved with that coach. Is that yeah, yeah,
0: yeah? I totally agree. Um, and also get get your girls involved in camps and clinics. And I I talked to you a little bit about. Yeah. It build our, how do we build our culture? Um, When I first did, when I first started the first summer camp at San Ramon Valley High School uh, was in between the year that it was the year before I really was officially my first official season. So it was kind of that introductory summer prior to the real season. And we had uh, 11 girls show up for that camp. Um, And I thought, Oh my goodness. Well, that's, that's, you know, we're, we'll develop this last, last season, Bill. And when I say 11 girls, that's not for the high school camp. That's for all of them. (laughs) So we had, I think we had one youth girl show up and we had, we ended up having to cancel it because we can't do a camp with one third grader. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And high school kids. So, um, it, it was last, last summer, Bill the hard work and kind of the yeah the repetition and consistency of our messaging and who we stand, well, what we stand for last summer, we had 126 kids show uh, sign up for our summer program, eight different high schools. And that includes our youth and our high school program, 126 kids from eight different high schools. That's amazing. It is amazing. That's I'm amazing. very, very proud of that. that. Yeah.
2: And, and again, that's, That's from your hard work at, you know, at the high school level, that is year after year. You said, you know, the kids carry that down from year to year. Talk to them about um, how do you do do a check on that? How do you know you're still going the course?
0: Yeah, well, one of the things that we do to reinforce the message to make sure that uh, we're consistent and the whole give rather than take and yeah. uh, attitude of gratitude type of thing is I get, I get, I get a lot of negative feedback from, no. in a nice way <laughs> that after games, we sit in the locker room for a while and don't come out and there's parents and grandparents. And, you know, some of the news guys, uh, news girls or news guys will stand out there and they're standing in the hallway. They want to talk to a player. And they're, like, they're I get the feedback, like, Hey, Hey, Can you get out the locker room a little bit quicker? You know, we got grandmas wants to give so and so a hug, but after every game, Bill, yeah, we we go around the room and we talk about things we're grateful for. Yeah, it's a non-negotiable for us. After Mm -hmm. after the game, we sit and win or lose, we say, "What are we grateful for?" And that keeps the messaging in the forefront for the for these kids. Can they you explain know explain
2: that, though, that- Coach? What I'm sorry. Can you explain what that? Give me an example. What you're grateful for? Is it related to the game you just played, or is it just sure. I'm grateful that I woke up
0: this morning. I mean, what? So, so after the game is done, we'll talk about the game and you know, go through that those gyrations. And then yeah. when when we're about to go, say, uh, I'll pick a girl to start it. I say, Tara, what what are you grateful for today? And Tara will say, I'm grateful that. My grandmother came here from uh, uh, San Jose to watch me play. And it's the first time she's been here. Okay, um, Sophia, what are you grateful for? I'm grateful that um, I wasn't feeling well this week. And I had a lot of pressure from school. And Annika helped me with my, with my uh, AP physics. And I ended up getting a good grade. Oh, That's great. Um, Susie, what are you grateful for? I'm grateful that my mother and father have been patient and spent so much time uh, supporting me to have, you know, to be able to play basketball at Shandermon Valley high school and to have one of my best games of the season. Those are the kind of things we talk about. Oh, that's interesting. And then do you find though, that, well, let me recap with this though, is
2: I think this is a great example, even at the youth level, you could do, what are you grateful for? Or um, even, you know, Try the question of whose game did you like today, right? Um, So it's not just about, you know, me being me. It's about someone else on your team. and why did you like that, right? Who stood out Yeah. Now, what
1: about... Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
2: Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. by law. website for details. Not that you lose very often, John, but when you lose, right? Different locker room. And now you're going to now you the girls, you know, you know you're losing to uh let's say those that you guys have no idea, the rivalry between San Ramon and Condolette so that much of an impact on, on our probably our listeners, but you lost, to, let's say you hypothetically lost to uh, Condolette. the girls are feeling pretty bad, you still do that, and does the mood change in the locker room, and how do you kind of overcome if it does that oh, I'm not really, you know, we just lost coach, you got to go through this,
0: you know, they're teenage <laughs>
2: girls, right, so.
0: Right. So sometimes you have tears of sadness, and sometimes you have tears of joy, depending on the outcome, right? Yeah. And I, and uh, we certainly do lose, and we'll continue to have those games where we fall short. Uh, but in a game like you just mentioned, regardless of what the team may be, yeah. um, we would talk about where we fell short, um, what what we did in preparation that did work or didn't work, and what we can improve on. Uh, what did we learn from the game, but we still end it the same way. And mm-hmm. to go back to what you just mentioned, and it's a really, really good point that, that I, I'm sure you do it too. But we also talk about who who do you want to shout out? So yes. we'll go to the room and, and we'll also say, you know, Ava, who do you want to shout out tonight? And I want to shout out, um, I want to shout out Anika for going six for six uh from three i want to shout out sophia for getting 12 rebounds and never quitting And we still do those gratitudes right Mm -hmm. we just are we grateful for but what shout out and that change that doesn't change between a winning locker room and a losing locker room because if it did if it did you know you'd really be built on a foundation of sand because then it would really truly all about the winning that's right really not all about the winning it's about the process it's about the life lessons it's about the love and camaraderie and teamwork that exists with these kids um and bringing it down to a younger group i mean the shout out is so good because you can see it in their face like the kids really want to think about bill did a great job on dribbling today He really great job on dribbling or i want to shout out one time we had one time we had a kid um where we did the shout out stuff after the the game and we had the young kids in the locker room after the game and we said to one of the one of the young girls i think she was a third grader let's just say her name was Katie. Yeah. Katie, who do you want to shout out today? And she was totally caught off guard. You know like uh um and she says, "Well, I want to shout out Mrs. Sanderson because she brought cupcakes tonight." There good. go. I mean, that's priceless, right? Yes. Yeah list that's what
2: it's all about yeah and, and that's a good point do you do that at your camps as well yes yeah 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 that's yeah that's good because it starts there then when they they're already going to know the culture if they make their way to san ramon high school right they're all, right. all going to be ingrained yeah um,
0: right and let's talk
2: about winning and i always put winning in air quotes when i talk about high school yeah. right, sports And and more and more as i'm as more, the more and more I coach, right? You know, we live. You and I live in communities where we're expected to win, score more points than the other team. There's a lot. There's pressure in that situation, uh, and it takes education to in, in, in my opinion, to help parents. Let's just call it out, understanding what winning is, and. My definition—it it has nothing to do with the, the win-loss record. It's how did I positively impact your son or your daughter's life? And as young adults, as you know, and I always say this—I say this to my ad—is like, do you think the kids are going to appreciate me now? They're going to appreciate me ten years from now when it clicks, when they're in a situation where they had this attitude of gratitude or. Uh, how to how to persevere, overcome challenges, etc. Um, knowing what knowing what being pushed is. So uh, that to me is winning. It's kind of delayed gratification for us. Expand upon that. What are your thoughts and and how you talk about winning, and how a young coach can talk about winning in their program?
0: Yeah. Well, wow. so it's. It's, it's, it sounds so simple, but it really is complex, and yeah. it, it really does fall back on if winning is embraced as positive, joyous experiences of personal and uh, group growth, and you have that support from your school, if it's a public school or private school, yeah. and you have support, to continue on that path, and everybody agrees that that's the, a proper and acceptable definition of winning, then awesome I mean that that that's a dream come true unfortunately that's not always the case uh many times they'll they'll say you're right coach it's all about the experience you're right coach it's about joy and inclusivity and and it's all about um, the positive experience but then at the end of the year they bring the coach in and go well you only won 10 games and you you lost 16 and you're doing a great job John but but, you know, um, we're going to go in a different direction. Uh, so that winning, uh, without getting too long-winded, that word winning, uh, there really has to be a level of buy-in from parent uh, for the older group, at least in high school, yeah. for, for the parents, the school, and the coach. I mean, it, it, if the three are in simpatico, then it's a dream-come-true job. If they're not, then there's additional work. But as a youth coach, to me, winning – really meant this. My son played CYO basketball before he played high school basketball. And if I was to sit with my son tomorrow and say, what was the record of your eighth grade A team at St. Isidore's? He would say, I have no idea. I think we might've lost one game. I don't really know. But if I was to say to him, what was your favorite memory of your CYO experience from Four years over a four-year time, he's going to say, "I know, I know exactly what he'll say." The time that we played so and so's team at um, Dublin High School for a championship game, and my buddy Brian hit that big shot with three seconds left, and we won- We ended up winning that game, yeah. and that to me is the win. It's it's the 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 win again for me, and also in youth sport, youth sports is the. When I see Susie at the local uh, Norms downtown in Danville, someone who was a summer camp for me in fifth grade shows up at Norms, and she's now in eighth grade, and she comes over to my table and says, hi, coach, I don't know if you remember me, but I'm so-and-so. That's the win for me, right? That's the win. The girls that leave the program and go to college and go on and do their things in life, I'm, I'm now six, seven years into it. The most rewarding thing for me. Is those girls that take the time to send me a personal note to say, "I get it now, now I understand yeah uh, and to me those are the, those are the wins for me It's the impact that we can leave with these kids and the memories that we can create for them that is so far trumps so much more than the the 12 and 0 league you know the 12 and0 records and whatnot.
2: Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that is the message that, you know, things like our podcast and our Facebook group have to educate the coaches so they can educate the parents and the families and the kids on what winning truly is and what, you know, let's get, you know, as I always say, we play basketball. Play is the key word in that, right? And play is supposed to be fun and enjoying, right? Uh, it definitely at the youth level. And, and uh, uh, in order to keep on playing and having fun, it's up to the coaches to make it fun and enjoyable and not so much focused on the wins. And I think about your program and you know, you, you had your, you, you know, San Ramon had three consecutive losing seasons before you came in. Not very exciting. Right. You had, you know, 11 girls show up to your first camp. Uh, you know, obviously, that's a huge culture issue there. They weren't excited about girls basketball at San Ramon High School. And I I, I would say that, you know, again, looking out looking from the outside, and, and speaking with you, it has 100% to do with the culture that you created. Um, and wins will come if you establish that culture. Uh, would you agree? I would totally agree with you. Yes. Yeah. So let's recap, John. Uh, If you're again, if you're a youth coach, you got one or two practices a week. What would you suggest they do to establish, you know, this instant culture, so to speak, in their program or with their team? Really, if they're a CYO coach, YMCA, uh, maybe they coach at their grade school, whatever it might be.
0: Right. I would establish what. What a measurable goal is by by each player um because they have what 10 to 12 players on a youth team let's say so it's really not that much work then i would establish one to two goals that i want to accomplish as a team and i would visit those goals with those kids once a week how are we doing on left-handed dribbling where are we and how much time are we spending on that how are we doing on left-handed layups for for Susie? how much time is she spending outside of practice uh Billy is a three-point shooter. He really loves shooting the ball, and he's, he's got some talent once he gets enough strength to be able to do it. How's he doing on that? Where, where is he on repetitions, and how much time is he putting in, in outside of camp? As a team, how are we doing as a team? Did we have less than 20 turnovers last game? Is that our metric? Did we allow less than 15 points in the first half of a, of a game? How did we do against that metric? So I'd say that's that's number one. Have something that's measurable, def- easily defined, and something kids can do outside of the the actual two practices the week. And then the second the the second thing, if that's the right thing, the second or third thing, I guess, is I would create a collaborative relationship with someone that I would want my kids to emulate. Uh, and I say someone, a program that I'd want my kids to emulate. And there's lots of great programs around here with some really good kids and some really good coach, really great coaches, actually, uh, that have been very helpful to me, I should say. Um, And I would align with them and see how much time I could get my kids uh, to to spend time with them. Uh, There's a lot of coaches that would happily come visit a youth program and say, I'd love to observe and give you some feedback. Or I'll bring a couple of my kids with me. And they'll come and we'll help observe or maybe help you run a practice. Believe me, um, there's a lot of coaches that would be honored to do that and give back because that's what it's really all about. The best coaches, Bill, are the ones that are willing to share what they know, pass on what they've learned, and help teach whenever they can, regardless of what team it is, what age it is. Those are the ones you want to be around.
2: Yeah, John, that, that's great. And we're going to end on that. Uh uh, cause I think you just summed that up really nicely. Uh, coaches, uh, hope you had a uh, notebook out. If you didn't rewind, listen to it again. John was, you know, John just threw down a bunch of knowledge right there. Um, it's not hard, but it does take work to establish culture. John, thank you so much for being on the program today. Um, uh, we're going to get you back though. So, uh, Great. Coaches, listen for that uh, next episode coming up. I think we're going to talk about AAU basketball. So oh, AAU. An exciting one. So. <laughs>
0: AAU. All right,
2: John. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Okay. Thank you.
1: Sports Social
2: Podcast Network.